I mean, I'm sitting here with two guys that are uh, college educated. I mean, All right, voice levels up. <laughs> I mean, voice levels up. I mean, I mean, listen, I mean, I don't own that. I don't know the right side, but I feel like you know. So if I slap you, you're going to slap him. Is that That's how right, work? Right. right down the road. Then he's going to try to hit me, and I'll duck, and he'll hit you. <laughs> I've been hit before, you know. I smack hard. Yeah. That's right. I tell you, this That's is not exciting, good. John. I mean, you know, I yes, there was it a little, is. There was a little buzz in the, you know, the meeting, the pre-meeting. You know, we had the little meal, the coffee, and the Danish set up. The production people went above and beyond. You know, we brought. Thank you, thank you, production manager for the for the coffee and the. Unlike prior guests, though, I mean, our guest Jose, Jose, welcome aboard, John. Please applaud. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me, guys. He drove his own car here. We have we have our own Supreme Court justice. Jose's last name is. Sotomayor. Oh, oh beautiful. <laughs> I always need I need as many hookups and connections as I can get. You know, this is always good to know. There you right. go. So, John, let's do a countdown. Do it, brother. We'll start the podcast. Okay. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome back, friends. Welcome back to another episode of The Jersey Alchemist. And I'm your host, Dr. John Gerard Gallucci. And I'm Philip D'Angelo. Say it, brother. And I'm Jose Sotomayor. Wow. VIP. More applause. Thank you. Thank you for having me, guys. Thank yeah. you for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank just, you. Just keep close to that mic. I will. All right, without I will. shrinking away. Yep. <laughs> Come on, enough's enough, all right? Well, and, of course, we got we got uh, uh, celebrity chef Springfield Bones in the back. Uh, he, uh, he was discharged. He had an honorable discharge from the military, and uh, now he's pursuing his, his dream. Culinary right. pursuit, yeah, right. yeah, impressive. I hear impressive. he's very good with uh, food that uh, he has bone broth. He can use bone <laughs> broth. Right. That's the new thing now, bone broth. Everybody wants to, you know. So oh, right, he's, 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 a, he's a natural. He stirs. <laughs> he stirs it with his arm. Yeah, with his arm or his leg. Yeah, just pulls That's it right. off, pops it back on. Jose, I mean, it's great to have you aboard. Thank you. Thank for you coming aboard. I mean, you and John go way back. Um, you want to tell us how you uh, you and John got together? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, um, we've known John um, for about two and a half years now. Um, wow. Surprisingly, we met through um, our medical story with our son, and um, our son was born. Quick, a quick re- um, recap: Our son was born August Don't make it too quick. August two thousand and twenty, October thirteenth to be exact. And what time? What day? October 13, 2020. Um, he was born in Hoboken, New Jersey. Uh, at, his birthday um, was the 13th? Yeah, the 13th. His first birthday was Friday the 13th. How awkward so was that? Was mine. His first birthday. Wow. So Yeah, it was what? Friday the 13th. Wow. What? My mother cried for three days. <laughs> they told her, you can't have this, you know, you can't have this baby on the 13th. And she was just from Italy, so she didn't even speak the language. She didn't know anything. And, of course, you know, the story of my life, I came when I wasn't supposed to, and uh, the rest is history. All of her relatives must have been in black doing the sign of the <laughs> Oh, yeah, come on. Some of my aunts still don't talk to me. I, I could tell you, though, his first birthday that Friday was scorching hot. It was wow. about 104 degrees last yeah, year. October, wow. And that was August of, of Friday, August 13th of last year, 2021. That the weather was brutal, and we had about 40 people come to the birthday. Wow. And... We started at three, around three o'clock. By 
five o'clock, everybody gave me the excuse. They were too hot, so most of them left, left. Yeah. which is okay. I understand. At least they showed up, and that's, that's the right. that's the important part of it. But as time goes imagine. on, you start weeding the relatives out anyway. Yeah, you know how that works. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Help me clean that's a little good. bit. There you go. All right. All right, it works. Um, but we met. Um, we met that that year. Um, interestingly enough, um, our our son. Um, was born with Hirschsprung's disease, um, which Dr. Gallucci, John, um, wow. was an expert at treating in terms of the procedures required um, to to get past his um, disease. Um, so we were blessed to have met him through that. In a sense, you know, nobody ever wants to meet at the hospital, you know, know. you may right. say. But um, it's a shitty place to get to know people. Yes, right? absolutely. I, I worked there as a security guard. And, and, and wow. in that aspect, I worked as a financial advisor at the hospital. Not in this one, but in other hospitals. So I understood yeah. kind of like the, uh, you know. And that's that. how we'll keep it. Name yeah. wise, this yes. one. I'm going to put yeah, you on right. the spot now, Jose. Go ahead. So tell me what your first impressions are when you met Dr. John. Um, oh, jeez. No, I mean, no pressure. You know, it was <laughs> no pressure, but be honest, because I, I actually know what you're going to say probably, but go ahead. Um, you know, at first, um, I don't know. It was more like, you know, what, what do I expect from this, um, is this, this person? Is this Am guy a jerk? Is he on the money? Yeah. Is he for does real? He, does right? he know that I'm going to come at him like like a lightning bolt? I don't think that, and you know. And he knew a lot about Hirschberg. Yes. Oh, wow. So I, I, I came ready. Um, it was our third son, uh, it was a third child, our only son. And so I was even more... Um, committed to yeah. to making sure that I got to know who this man who was going to touch my son in ways that wow. you couldn't you know only God yeah. can grant you the gift to do so um, and so when I saw him at first I was like oh this guy looks you know SBF man SBF just like you Nadia and I told her that and and she was no it's What's not like the yeah. standing bitch face so, <laughs> so I said oh Jesus what is this uh, guy uh, going to come uh, at me uh, with Mark, that is and right? then um <laughs> when he I'm gonna remember that time. Right. I think what changed me was the way he approached um did you just call Nadia SBF no, I, oh, I was like, I, I told Nadia, said, I told Nadia that, oh, oh Nadia, he said, has SBF, oh, and she told me not to worry, she doesn't home, think man. that, you know, <laughs> um, although Nadia doesn't make a lot of friends right away, like on the first go, because they think she has SBF, oh, and I tell them, that's just SBF, don't worry, she's a really nice You're woman. You masterfully just pulled yourself out of that hole. Yeah, yeah. no, 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 not like that, she knows. <laughs> um, but then when he started speaking to me, I was, we were both in very, like, a strange situation that we've never experienced in NICU. We saw many parents there, babies who who were going through difficult circumstances, and we were just like, "Wow, what, why? Why has God put us into this situation?" And we didn't know why, but we wanted to make um, the best of it and and get as much information. And so when he started talking, um, he immediately through his words and the way he said things to his patient at the time, which I, you know, his yeah. patient's parents, he was very honest direct but understanding that the situation is very grave so and i think that that was a very uh important quality of that experience i know exactly where you're coming from a little bit because my daughter had to go to the oncology center at hackensack medical center john they have a children's oncology center for some tests and i remember walking in and seeing the face of the parents that were there and their oh, children were getting treatment and i said oh. the same thing you did like wow how did i get here what's going on you know, yeah. so it's very great. Yeah. John, what was your first... Everybody's uh, kind of a deer in the headlights. Yeah. Right? Yep. What, were, what were your thoughts when uh, Jose came with his family? 
This is all motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I give that no, kind of. No, no. I, 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 you know, Hirschsprung's disease is a motherfucker, and wow. you know that, right? Yeah. It's, you know, it's unlike. It's nothing like a hernia, okay? A hernia, kids got a hernia. Some hernias are really difficult, and most of them are really straightforward and pretty easy as long as you know what you're doing. And uh, But, you know, so there's an operation, then they go home the same day, and they heal, and they come back two weeks later, and, and everything is good. I'm breaking my own dictum about not getting close enough to the mic. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Uh, but Hirschsprung's disease is the stepwise procedure where there's clinical suspicion of Hirschsprung's disease. A newborn, 30% of all newborn babies that have Hirschsprung's will have abdominal distension and they'll throw up green. They'll throw up, have bilious emesis. So you know there's some kind of partial obstruction going on, if not a, a frank outright, you know, complete obstruction. And then there's x-rays taken and you might see dilated bowel. And then after that, there's this stepwise um, procedure that, you know, once the pediatricians or the neonatologists are clued in, uh-oh, this kid has got something going on in the GI tract. Um, before anybody does a rectal exam on that baby, as long as you know there's a rectum and they've, you know, fine. But one of the stories is that when the baby is born, if they don't pass meconium, which is newborn baby poop, mm -hmm. if they don't pass that within 24 to 48 hours, now all of a sudden you're really, you know, barking up the tree of Hirschsprung's disease because that's almost a hallmark of the disease. But when that happens, everybody's cued yeah. in. This baby could have Hirschsprung's disease. And then one of the first diagnostic studies you do is, uh, is a contrast enema. And when the contrast enema is done, that's, you know, it's most people say, well, it's a barium enema, whatever. If you see that the area of the rectum all the way down by the anus is fairly tight, and that the colon above it is distended, that's what's known as reversal of the rectosigmoid index, and that is very strongly suggestive of Hirschsprung's disease. Okay. And then at that point, knowing that, nobody would do the full Hirschsprung's operation of pull-through. We'll, we'll get that in a second. Nobody would do that without a tissue, a confirmatory tissue diagnosis of Hirschsprung's disease. So what happens is you'll have to take either the baby to the operating room and do a transatal snip biopsies, you know, just inside the anal verge. And it's, I'm, I'm kind of dumbing it down. I'm not going to get too technical, but most centers will have either the surgeons or, or the gastroenterologist use what's called a, rect, a suction rectal biopsy gun. And it's a little kind of a smooth round edge trocar that goes into the anus it's got it's calibrated so you know how far in you go you got to push it down so that you're grabbing the mucosa on the bottom so to speak or the backside posterior mucosa and it's you're generally done by two people one person pulls back on a on a big syringe plunger to create a negative suction at the tip while the surgeon or the gastroenterologist fires the gun and when it fires it'll cut a piece representative of the area that has to be sent to pathology. And it's generally, uh, you know, it's a pathologic diagnosis. I'm not going to get into that. But if, you're, if your baby's got Hirschsprung's disease by the final patho, then you're looking at what's called a pull-through, which means the area just above the anal verge. And the anal verge is where the 
the perianal skin, if you go inside, right, the perianal skin changes to uh, uh, the lining or the mucosa of the rectum. It's got goblet cells and it makes mucus and whatnot. So it's not the skin around the outside, it's the inside of the canal. And so from there all the way up through the area um, so that you get all the Hirschsprung's bowel, that has to come out and then you pull the normal bowel down. And in some centers they do it without a big incision, other centers not. Some places, most places do it now without an intervening colostomy, which is where you pull out the healthy bowel and they poop into a bag for several months. And some places do it without. And why they're vacuuming in this whole day in this hallway now drives me crazy. But I hope I hope that we're not. Now we're gonna be okay. I hope that we're not. Uh, John, a clean uh, hallway yeah. is a happy hallway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, right. Keep the riffraff there's, out there's, of there. There's there's two hair cutting <laughs> salons out there, so I guess it's better than tracking their their hair into here. Okay. So well, generally, that's that's the idea with Hirschsprung's yeah. disease. So how many times did your son go to the OR? Or was oh, he? Man. Was he? At we. Uh, others attempted biopsies before we had a diagnosis. Um, I was think that there was, it was just two. I, the first biopsy was the, um, the enema, which wasn't conclusive. I think you came up to me. I was so, I, I remember that moment because I was livid. I knew that if that didn't come back, that they would have to actually put him in the OR and, and do the actual, oh, the like, suction rectal yeah, the, yeah, yeah. and, and him had already having had already gone through all these things. Um, I was just, I was angry for him, you know, mm -hmm. and that was, as a parent, that's what a lot of it was, but I knew I had to be patient, um, because it wasn't just me going through it, it was my wife, it was every other family in yeah. that room, yeah. yeah, it was, and I think finding the strength, um, was important. Jose, were you a religious person, uh, growing up? That? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought I was in a cult when I was growing up, yeah. to be honest with you, my, my I, I love my mom to death, like, wow. my mom is an amazing, beautiful woman, but, Church was difficult for me. Yeah. I would be lying. Did you here. lean on God when? Absolutely. I mean, I, 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 I recently overheard you talking about how, you know, you know, most of us who believe in God, you know, um, we don't, you know, many of us don't go to church anymore. Mm. And and yeah, we should. Go, some of us should go once in a while. You yeah, know, yeah. I don't think it's something I've always said. The church is 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 in your heart, and the Bible is what you live every day. Yeah, so that's yeah. how I kind of uh, yeah. focus on it. I don't get a chance to really get into the whole. You know, I've been there with my mom. You know, catch the Holy Spirit, yeah. and and maybe I don't know. I I've, I've always told that. I never so is this what's going on though? You were leaning. Uh, Absolutely, but I did, but I knew. I knew that in, in these moments and the moments that you need to find the strength, um, you need to lean on him. He is real. I do believe that God is real and he works mysteriously through people who are good and bad as well. You know, um, we, we have no saying in what he does and why he does it. We just have to try to make the best and, uh, of understanding it and doing it, you know. But um, in these moments, it was beautiful to finally kind of see the culminating, you know, um, conclusion of, of, of this journey that my son's and uh, who's continues to be having. Now he's in the recovery stage, but we continue to have as a family. And, you know, putting us together here is just literally a testament to 
that that specific moment in time. And so, you know, um, it's a beautiful, beautiful experience now that I go back and look at it because I've learned not just about my son, but I learned about my past, you know, growing up with Hirschsprungs and not knowing. I didn't even know it was Hirschsprungs until I was about 18 years old. Wow. Um, so growing up, I was like, what the hell's on my stomach? Yeah. You know, wow. where are these incisions? Right. Yeah. I was afraid to take off my shirt. Um, I was afraid to talk to people about it. Sure, sure. I never understood why I'd go to the school and I'd had to go to the restroom five or six times a day and I'm like, am I normal? Yeah. Like, I don't see kids going as often. And yeah. so... Um, it was weird, you know, it was really weird. My dieting wasn't good when I was younger because my mom never taught me about her sprungs. Yeah. And I think that she didn't do it out of malice. I think she did it out of just literally trying to forget about that time. Is your yeah. mom still with us? Yes, my mom is still with us. She's 67 years old. What does she think of your son in this whole saga? Um, she must be, like, amazed. She loves, she's in love with him. Yeah. That's just yeah, the most yeah, important yeah. thing. Right. Um, she, I, I truly believe that she's also learning about what she failed to learn then. I mean, wow. because at the time you would think, you know, um, I'm an Irish twin. I don't know if you guys know the term, right? My brother and I were born in the, uh, the same year. Wow. <laughs> um, 11 months apart. <laughs> and so <laughs> my mom told me a story recently about how I had the colostomy bag out and then the, the, the actual colon was completely out. Like, was it was yeah. prolapsing. It was, right. And she's like, I had this newborn in my hand mm. and an 11 month old my hand and this one was crying profusely who was, who was older my brother Your by 11 right. months right, right. but imagine feeding these two and, and unfortunately my dad wasn't around my dad left prior to me being born mm -hmm. um and so my mom literally did it on on her own um and like i said all respect i don't know what the Big time huh? yeah they i don't wow. like that anymore I, I, absolutely she's amazing and and um you know i don't i, I don't have any malice or, or or rancor or any hate towards my uh, my dad you know he's a great man he's raised two beautiful daughters since that time um there's no malice in my heart for him i mean um so he's around around uh he, he, he's he's around but not around let's okay. just say he hasn't come and you seen his grandson but i've already given him the doors open he's there you, you know well, good for you man yeah, God absolutely real quick there's a i read a book one time having issues with my father as well that your parents give you the greatest gift. They bring you into this world. After that, you're on your own. You know? <laughs> Thank God they brought you. And the rest yeah. is you gotta figure out. You know, out. and I and I recently texted him, believe it or not, out of the blue, and I and I and I told him, you know, I am not I don't I don't I don't dislike you, you know, it's just I and I literally just summed it up with don't don't make the same mistake you made then with our grandson. He hasn't met our grandson since he was born. I don't know if it's job related. I'm not here to judge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's very common. It's could obvious. Be guilt on his it could be, but I but I've already opened the door. I, I you know, God tells me every day, you know, don't hate anyone. Um, don't don't unwelcome people who are need to be in your children's life. And I I've never done that. Wow. And I will never, if he ever shows up and wants to be part of that's his choice. He oh, has yeah. to live with the choices that he's made. Well, now you had that as well as your son, but you grew up to have an athletic career. Oh, absolutely, man. Right? Um, uh, I, yeah, and, and I and I and I put it out there. I didn't grow up in a very healthy family. Let's mm. just say, um, today till today, many of the people in my family battle with with illnesses that kind of they could have prevented. And you know, again, doesn't mean I don't love them. Doesn't mean I don't care about them. But sure. but they've taught me something. They taught me through their through, through their actions, through their choices. I've been able to learn. I've always been a visual um, learner, and I see. Uh, I don't make mistakes that I can stop if I've seen them before. Wow. So if they so. When I growing up, my brothers, you know, ate a lot. They're not they're not healthy people right now. They're trying. They're working hard to get there. But I didn't want to be that way. Wow. And so, um, 
So you had them as a yardstick. Pretty right? much. And you said, oh, I was the youngest, but I behaved like the oldest. Oh, wow. Oh, that you were born with an old soul. I, a lot of that's people say that. I think you're right, mm -hmm. Phil. A lot yeah. of people say that. And it wasn't easy. You know, it wasn't easy because I, I, I wanted to play sports, but I also understood that the, necessi the necessity in the home with money and having to go to school. My brothers only finished high school, you know, which is not a bad thing. They finished high school. They just didn't have that self, you know, motivation that, that you sometimes. You played college ball? Yes, I did. I, I played. I played baseball at the, uh, I started playing baseball at the age of 14 very late in my life I played at Lincoln High School for four years in Jersey City we weren't that good it was just a beautiful experience to be with those guys you know um, even though we were at different levels athletically um I, I soon got started getting recruited around my junior year by many colleges, St. John's University, wow. Rutgers, uh, New John's Brunswick. Um, I had many schools. I'd go to many camps, um, tryouts, and, and like workouts for colleges. And believe it or not, junior year, I was stuck on the fact that I was going D1. I knew it. I knew I was going D1. Then fall of my junior, uh, of my senior year in high school, I tweaked my elbow and I stretched the. UCL, the ulnar collateral ligament, oh, yeah. and you so pitch? yes, that's oh, all I did. Literally, oh, you were a pitcher. that's all I did. How tall are you? I'm about six one and three quarters. I would say I, I usually just say six two because yeah, it's yeah. easier. It's right. an easier number. Yeah, six two. But um, but I was also very thin. You know, growing up with Hirschsprungs, you don't you you release everything you eat pretty quickly. You know, it's yeah. almost like lifetime bout of EBS. You know, you know. Yeah. The, uh, what was your yeah, uh, yeah. what was your uh, ERA in high school? Oh, it was terrible. Oh, it was bad. <laughs> Well, how can it be bad if all these problems? Because in the end, it, it, I always say um, talent speaks for itself. Oh. You can't control a shortstop, second oh. baseman, or third baseman's glove. <laughs> you know, rule number one: don't get let the ball Very go well under said. your legs. Very you know. Well said. But um, um, well high school, I I I I moved out. You know. It's funny how life works. You know, growing up in, in, in tough times, you don't make excuses. Mm. And when and when I played on that team, you know, I knew what I was getting into. Mm. I knew we weren't that good. I knew I lived in a community that wasn't full of ball players. Did we have some? Absolutely. Did yeah. we have potential? Yes, we did. But to sit there and be in a community with that to think that I was in a community that full time baseball players? No, absolutely not. It was more a football baseball a yeah. football basketball community. Um but that prepared me, uh, my life prepared me for those moments because I knew it wasn't that I was accepting that we were losers. I just would find the moment to improve myself within the worst part times of, Again, of our career. mature situation. Absolutely. I, mean, God bless you. I always tell my teams, and I coached, I, I remember coaching Westside High School Baseball as an assistant coach with Mike Dixon, who's an amazing coach and wow. still educator in Newark. Um, you know, I remember being in this school and they told us, I want you to create a program. And I and Mike Dixon had stepped down and I took over and it was like, how do I get kids to compete at the high school level when they have never learned to catch? No so I was boy. competing wow. with that. You know, you have to have some foundational yeah, skills. Yeah, and so yeah. in that case, I also, re you know, reverted back to what can I teach these kids on this field, whether they're going to play baseball later or not. Yeah, you know, uh, what can I do? Jose it? and John, I know that your kids were involved with sports as well. If you, because I coached on a lower level for at least 10 years and loved every second of it. It's not just about sports when you're coaching kids, right? It's how to prepare, yeah. how to get along with teammates, yeah. you know, how to compete. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, we all want to win. How to deal with overbearing parents. <laughs> How to deal, yeah. Well, I wish I had those sometimes, but we yeah. didn't, you know. Uh, um, yeah, we yeah. didn't in those areas. Is that an inner city school? Yeah, Westside High School is literally on South Orange Ave, yeah. Yeah. right by UMDMJ. I lived right. I lived near the area for three years. I lived on... Um, just by in, Bergen Street. Yep, wow. just by Bergen. Literally, I lived right. around the corner from UMDMJ. Right. Um but um, after high school, I mean, uh, literally, my record, I believe, pitching wise in high school, I, I'm scared to tell you. Uh, I was about five and nineteen. So where did you go to college? To play? Um, I played. I, I I was recruited by numerous colleges, but in the end, I chose to attend William Patterson University. And one of the reasons was because Great baseball program. Because Jeff Albies um, sent out some really good guys to recruit me. Mm-hmm. Um, local guys, Hudson County guys. I've always thought that you need to send out recruits who understand Absolutely. the people that yeah. live in yeah. that community. Yeah. Um, and they didn't, they didn't serve me with bullshit and and like, oh, you're gonna play first day, you're gonna do this. No, yeah. you know, um, I, I, they told me what it was, what it could be, mm-hmm. um, and only I could get there. And yeah. so I, I, I chose that. They were the most I felt they were the most honest group of guys and the most honest coach that How I could many play years for. Did you play in I, I actually I'll tell you a true story. Um I played in college at William Patterson for three years. Nice. Um I could have played my fourth year. Um unfortunately there was an incident in the fall where Jeff Albies um and I and I talk like this because he, he's still a very important person in, in my career and my life and sure. I, I, I thank him for a lot of things. But he cut me um, November of two of nine of two thousand and two. November two thousand and two. Wow. He cut me, and he cut me because he needed room for a D one player that was transferring in. You know, blah blah blah. And interesting story. It wasn't until about two weeks ago where I text him out of the blue because sometimes Seriously. I get these these urges. We had a big blowout on Facebook, and before I removed my Facebook. Wow. But I, I, I felt the need to apologize for how I expressed my honesty. I, and I noticed I didn't dis, dis, you know, yeah. dismiss what I had to say to him. Yeah. But I, I wanted to apologize because he deserves that much. I, 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 have, I have a belief that, that whether it doesn't matter how much education you have in life or how much um, you know, um, experience you have in life, you respect life experience in general. So if I met a 90-year-old who never went to school, you know what? I'm still going to listen to some of his stories. You know why? Because that's 90 years of life. And so this is how I approach a lot of my elders and a lot of the people that that I look up to is, you know, um, what can I learn from you? What can I grab from you? Well, a Um, lesson learned there is you can't really control what life throws at you. No. You know, so it's how you react to it. Because yeah. life's going to hit us all, right or wrong? No. Yeah. Everybody, we're all yeah. going to get our turn in the barrel. Yeah. And when it's your turn, how you are you going to let it eat at you, destroy Absolutely. you, stress you, or are you yeah. going to control it, move on, yeah. and become a better person? So was it? William Patterson... D3? D1 it was a, a D3. Or? It was a D3 school, um, Tier 2 at the time. I believe it's Tier 1 now okay. because of the, the, the funding. Uh, it's Tier 1. Uh, our rivals were Montclair. Um, we, we played Montclair to the to the fullest at that time um we had some really good experiences those three years um for my freshman year um i i I think i had an era of like one nine one point nine five but i only pitched like 15 innings one of my best experience was pitching at west point my freshman year oh it was beautiful i fell in love and I, i think it was the first time in my life that i that i felt somewhat some type of patriotic you know, connection to this yeah. country because of how beautiful and how consistent 
the, the, the individuals within that institution were when it came down to like um, a game or pre preparation for uh, an event. I mean, I remember pitching. I was on the mound going into my second inning, and I'm throwing the third pitch to the first batter. I remember this. And all of a sudden, the Star Spangled Banner went up. Oh, wow. And everybody in the facility stopped, dropped everything, began yeah, right to salute. And I'm here lost. I'm like, o'clock in the afternoon or yes. And I was like, right. <laughs> what just happened? Right. You know, even the umpire, even even the players on the other team, because we were playing armies, Army is Division One, but we were scrimmaging them. Wow. So that's why it was so important oh, wow, for us. Yeah. We gave them a beat down. Oh, okay, we gave beat down. We little big D three went up there, but you know, but you remember if you 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 mentioned Dan Pasquale, the, those yeah. those teams, the '90s William Patterson team, oh. those were world, those were college World Dan Series Pasquale baseball went to the majors. Yeah, um, very successful. We we have a we have a big big um, strong um, community of, of of coaches from that era and and players from that era who still compete, who still coach. Um, it was a beautiful experience at William Patterson. I, I mean, getting cut was hard at the time. Um, but going back to Jeff Albies, I had told him last week that, you know, it was hard to get cut because what you didn't know was that I was working in the hour shift. Mm. I was feeding myself and going to classes, six oh, wow. classes a, oh, wow. a week um, and playing baseball. And my parent my mom wasn't helping me because she couldn't. So here I am devastated that I've sacrificed all these hours. Um, and you know what? Now I go back and I think of it, you know, I go, you know, it's okay. Yeah. I learned a lot. I learned a lot. And he, he actually apologized in that text and he, and he wishes he could have understood at the time. I said, it's okay yeah. because that's what brought us here, you know? And as long as you understand, I have no quarrel. And we had a political quarrel. But I always tell people that it doesn't matter what you believe. To me, I could sit next to a Democrat, a hard left guy, and still deal with him. Why? Because God has given me that patience. He's given me that 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 ability to to put up with stuff that it goes in out the literally in out the other. I like who you are. I don't care what you believe in because in the end that's a personal thing sure. uh, but i like who you are and i want to sit next to the person you are you know, you know there's I mean? a reason so. in the in the voting booth that there's a curtain right so nobody sees who you vote for nobody knows where you pull the lever for right. because it's a private thing yeah. it's a person for some reason everybody wants to put it out there now yeah. and then when somebody disagrees oh it's on let's argue about it i mean for what for for why you know you know what We've lost friends. I mean, we've lost well, family yeah, members over a, the right. political discussion. That's another rabbit hole we could go down. We listen. The, the last few years have been difficult, and and I and I think that it's it's interesting how how the story of my baseball career came, you know, became the culmination and the, and the end to that type of you know relationship that I had with these individuals. And I'm, don't get me wrong, you know, it wasn't. It wasn't that these people were bad. I think that a lot of it was the the mis the, they were misinformed in their own judgments, you know. And I like to say because it, it all it takes is some thought, you know. Um, when I sat down in the hospital many times with you, John, um, there were things I just didn't understand. But I I had to spend time with myself and think. Let me think of what what these words mean, what this these experiences mean, and what is. What are these events in my life or in the lives of of us mean yeah, to us? I'm you know, a child. and so I think if people spent more time in their in thoughts, you know, and spent more time with themselves, there'd be so much to learn. You know? Absolutely, but you know what? I think your experiences in life made you who you are today. You know, some people don't go through experiences that humble them, make you stop and think. No. So when something small happens, like oh, I got a flat tire. 
oh, it's the end of the world, or I disagree with somebody politically, oh, I can't speak to them anymore. You know, people with the paved road, I like to say. But your road obviously wasn't paved from day one. That's what gave you the character that you possess. I'm so honored to be on this podcast with you. I appreciate it. I know it's an honor to be here. It's amazing. Your story is just amazing. So, John, after uh, Jose's child went to surgery, where did things go from there? I mean, he pulled through okay? Uh, He pulled through okay. It's not a one-shot deal like a hernia repair or, God forbid, a tumor removal. Those are generally, generally one-shot deals. Uh, Hirschsprung's is a stepwise fashion, and there are reasons for that. Some places do it all in one in one step, and other places don't. And it had a lot to do with uh, patholo- pathologic ser- I don't mean pathologic services. I mean the services from the Department of Pathology. That's okay. a different. That's a different road. And uh, anyway, so after all of the surgery was finished, which I believe was. Two or three, two or three. June 5th was the was the pull through. Yeah, right. June. I remember those dates because they were haunting. Times in his head from back in the. Uh, they were tough but beautiful days. Uh, yeah. No, it, even what pitch? I can't remember how I got. <laughs> I don't know how long that's gonna last, but. Yeah, yeah. God bless. <laughs> one of those buttons will probably shut down one day. Right. So kids with Hirschsprung's disease, after the perfect operation, and I would like to think that he got the perfect operation from myself and my associate at the time. Um, there's all different shades of gray with Hirschsprungs, and it depends on how much uh, native colon is left inside, right? So 85% of the kids with Hirschsprungs disease, i got to sit next to this mic, 85% of the kids with Hirschsprungs have a transition zone where the uh, congenitally abnormal bowel meets the good healthy bowel. 85% have that transition zone all the way downstream in the rectosigmoid or the, the, all the way down toward the pelvis, let's say, okay, to simplify it. Which means that after you take that bad intervening segment out and you reconnect things, they've got most of their colon left. And the job of the colon is not to digest food. It's simply to absorb water and electrolytes like sodium, potassium, and, and whatnot. So, for the kids that are left with no colon, now you've got a situation where they have no colon, they've got their small bowel, and, and there's different ways of dealing with that. But that's tough because what they eat generally shoots down through their small bowel, and the small bowel's job is to absorb you know, proteins and, and fats and whatnot, lipids, um, and not necessarily act like the colon. So the more colon you have, the easier generally it's going to be. Um, and some kids have not much colon left. And so our patient here um, had kind of a rocky road because 50 to 60% of the kids who've had the perfect operation still have dysfunctional bowel habits. Mm-hmm. And and you probably... We're dealing with that, something there, but... You understand that better than anybody because you, you kind of went through it. Yeah. And even till today, I mean, I, I mean, it, it wasn't until our son was born where I really started taking my diet really seriously. Yes. Um, because growing up, it, you, I didn't understand how, it was difficult. You know, I would tell my mom, mom, I, they need to serve water in school. Mm-hmm. She goes, why? Well, you're not drinking the milk. I said, mom, every time I drink the milk, I'm oh, running yeah. six or seven times in yeah, the bathroom. Oh, yeah. That's a problem. And I like milk. Don't get me wrong. I like my bowl of cereal, but I can't drink it because the milk doesn't do well. Now people, oh, well, he's lactose intolerant. 
Well, it's a little bit different this time, you see, because yeah. not only do I, am, am I lactose intolerant, I also suffer from the irritable bowel syndrome, which has been all my life. So what I've learned to do is control when I eat, what, you eat? what I eat, and w- make sure I remember what types of food cause me, yeah. my body, sure. to respond yeah. the way it does. Upheaval. So right. I've cut like benign pork. You guys love benign. I'm sure you've had it. You know, when they roast a pig and they oh, add yeah. that. I, I love yeah. that, yeah. but I can't oh. eat it. I can have one little bite and it's well, over. You're you know? ahead of the game because as you get older, like these two old timers over here, <laughs> you know, I don't eat a quarter of what I used to. Yeah. You know, me, the me pasta. Me too, and I'm still dealing with trying to get rid of oh. my gut. Yeah, yeah. And you had a pretty, uh, an incident at the time uh, during that, almost in, in around the time frame between the, the surgery and, and oh. his pull through. Oh, yeah, right. And that's right. That, that's right. He was right in the middle of it, wasn't he? Yeah, it? right oh, in the middle. Yeah. yeah, I had to have part of my colon removed. Yeah. I Yay. think it was January, between January and April of 2021, if I'm correct. Mm. Well, right? I got my fifth attack of diverticulitis. Now, now we are old men. Hey, I remember <laughs> my fifth attack. Right. So, yeah. And, and so, yeah. And I, you know, and I had, a, I ended up having a robotic and uh, open hand assisted, if you will, extended sigmoid colectomy by friends of mine. And uh, I like to say they saved my ass. Literally. And, and yeah, Literally. And, and they're they're really good at reminding me about how they saved my ass. Thank you, fellas. <laughs> Friends are <And>, poor. <laughs> they don't mind telling you you're full yeah, of shit. So I had like to. my surgery was <laughs> my surgery was difficult because I had a lot of scarring and, and, and adhesions on the inside and uh so it lasted close to six hours, and these guys were really, really good surgeons. So, you know, I I gave really good surgeons a run for their money. And, you know, and then it, I, as a matter of fact, I got COVID Christmas Eve of 2020. On top of that. Right. And I, just as I was coming out of that, because I got the long, the long haul COVID, uh, I was ready to come back to work. Boom. Fifth tack of diverticulitis, and wow. off to the OR I go, and that back was a son, that was a son of a bitch. Yeah, that was a real son of a bitch, and and I think in the in the during that time that I was out, your son was waiting for his reconstruction, wasn't he? I was getting yeah. upset with you. Well, yeah. I was like, where is this I guy? Was, and, then they, and then they and then they had the other. I I I don't I don't want to no, put his right name right. out there, but I, they had another one. And I said, you know, no, I want Galooch. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I want I mean, the G Man. You know, that, that connection. Was yeah, and I think that's what it was. I really and 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 every everybody in that many of the people that worked there did a wonderful job. Mm-hmm. The nurses, the staff members, mm-hmm. John. Um, but I wanted him yeah. and I knew I was well, like, you know right. what? You you, he already right. opened the, he already did what he had to do. I want to see him do, you know, he put yeah, the colossing bag. He touched my son in the, in a very yeah. intimate and, yeah. you know, um, and, and, and dangerous that way and did cool. a good job. And I said, you know what? I don't want nobody else touching. If he goes somewhere, I'm going there wherever he goes, right. you know, and that's, that was my mentality. So, it, so everything that needed to be done was done. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's, it's funny that, um, the pandemic, the pandemic, caused delay in three kids with Hirschsprung's disease. Mm. It caused delay because mm-hmm. the hospital deemed the pull-through as, you know, non-emergent surgery, which it's certainly non-emergent surgery, right? Mm. But each of the three kids had a form of Hirschsprung's that 
this taught me a great indelible lesson that if you if you got a high transition zone where your transition zones all the way up by the splenic flexure and the transverse colon it's all the way around to the hepatic flexure which means most of your colon's coming out, out with yeah. the final with the final um, reconstruction the last thing you want to face in the OR when you have a baby completely opened up on that table is that you you can't reach the anus because the transition zone is so high it's so far away now the the colon will always reach but sometimes you get worried about the blood supply and that's really where the, the rubber meets the road is the mm, blood yeah. supply if you have to start taking and cutting major blood vessels that supply the end of the colon just to get it to reach now you've cut some of your blood supply and is the end of the colon that I'm pulling down is it going to die did you mm -hmm. just did you just screw the pooch by killing it taking its blood supply yeah. and that always got me a little bit worked up but in each of the three kids COVID was the delaying factor and what happened was everything on the inside the length of the bowel you know the the blood vessels everything grew and elongated and when it came time for the pull throughs, it, it was just, everything just went right down. And quite frankly, I was amazed and, and so thankful, so thankful. So it all worked out great surgically. It did, it did. He got what he, he needed. Um, but like I said, more than 50% of the kids with Hirschsprung's disease still have constitutional issues, yeah. even after the perfect pull through. And, and that's something that most of the kids will grow out of but then beyond that actually you're you're the expert right so we already talked about that you're the expert on how Hirschsprungs will affect somebody through the rest of their adulthood you get the big bugs though yeah <laughs> that's what's up <laughs> uh, I mean, this has been a fantastic episode yeah uh, it should Thank be an guys. easy one to alchemize uh, if you will well yeah I mean there, there is no real dark issue here other than the fact that we live in a three-dimensional existential world where we are constantly dealing with what I would call spiritual attack um, strife disease whether it's a congenital anomaly or a genetic thing and and I would like to say that the way this plays to me spiritually this is how we roll on the yeah. alchemist we try to alchemize it by pulling it around and saying something in a very positive light spiritually um, you get a little guy who was born into this third dimension with something like Hirschsprung's disease Wow and it's very touching to me that he was born unto you and your wife his mom and I think you, know, you were the, the, the predecessor, you're the guardian here mm -hmm. for your son in such a big, big spiritual way because you, you remind me of John the Baptist. You paved the way, you made a straight path for, the, for, for Jesus, right? Because he was there kind of mowing down the trees and making that runway, making that straight path. You suffered with Hirschsprung's disease and your testimony was that your dad wasn't around to uh, to aid the situation yeah not so for your son so on the dark side absolutely you know you, you had Hirschsprung's and so does your son 
but on the the bright side and on the uh, the spiritually fulfilling and enlightening side you paved the path and your son couldn't be in better hands with his mom who she is because I got to know her and and who and who you are as his dad it's he's blessed he's very fortunate and I would say God bless you and Nadia the whole family and the other kids too everybody thank you and and he has blessed us and know that and yeah. and and I guess I, I leave this conversation with the fact that you can find lessons and you can find light even in the darkest places there you go. but you have to open up open your mind and open your heart um to yourself and to that you know and 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 most importantly first to yourself because if you, you just remain gay you know hazy eyed and 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 hazy mind you you'll miss out you know you'll miss out on the opportunities you have to gain and to learn you know, um, I, w I was always taught that um, individuals who miss out on opportunities um, don't miss out because they're not ready. They're, they miss out because they don't have the eyes and the intellectual ability to recognize when that opportunity is in right. their face. Right. And so I've, I've been blessed to, to have taken advantage of opportunities when I've saw, seen them. People have thought of me as crazy, as um, oh, you are crazy. Yeah, you know, for doing it, but <laughs> I'm here today, so yeah. that works. Beautiful. Amen, what a great brother. job. Thank Amen. you, gentlemen. Amen. 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 What an impressive you guys are amazing. No, we're just Keep up the great work. Young man. Thank, Thank you. you. I look forward to being back. Thank you for watching us on the Jersey Alchemist. If you like what we're doing, press like, follow, and subscribe. Yeah, and Definitely. share. And share. And tell share. your friends. Listen, Absolutely. sharing is big, and I'm going to tell you why. Because just like the 2020 election, we were growing in leaps and bounds with our viewership and then all of a sudden by about the end of the evening last thursday all of a sudden <whistles> boing everything dropped off how does that happen how does it just drop off when our viewership was going up 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 um i call it shenanigans i'm looking at the monitor i should be looking at the camera shenanigans. shenanigans going on here so if you share the jersey alchemist if you like what we're doing here people for god's sakes Don't you know what we have to combat <laughs> shadow banning and censorship if you share this it's hard for them to stop it amen see you next time on the jersey alchemist free the jersey alchemist <laughs> free the jersey alchemist that's it